Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up and let's get started on today's podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 54 on the Leanne Ward Nutrition Podcast. Today I have a treat for all my ladies out there as we will be talking to our special guest all about hormone health, which is a topic I get asked about all the time. Sarah Grace Meckelberg is a registered dietitian with a Master's of Science degree in exercise physiology. She is also the founder of Fresh, Fit and Healthy, an author, a speaker and a social media influencer. On the nutrition side of things, she's ditched the typical dietitian route and has created the Fresh, Fit and Healthy Academy, where she works one-on-one with people to provide real body solutions that last. On the business side, Sarah Grace mentors health professionals to help them turn their dreams into reality and has also created the RD University, an eight-week group mentorship program. So Sarah Grace really does know her stuff and after a personal battle with hormone health, she's made it her mission to educate you guys today on why it is so important. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear this chat all about healthy hormones and to connect with Sarah Grace. So make sure you follow her on Instagram and TikTok. She's at Sarah Grace Mech, M-E-C-K, or her website, freshfitandhealthy.com, or her podcast, Real Solutions Podcast. Let's jump into today's evidence-based and holistic chat all about hormone health. Welcome, Sarah Grace, to the podcast. We are very excited to have you on today chatting all things hormones and nutrition. Thank you so much for having me on, Leah. I'm excited for it. (laughs) Now, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do on a day-to-day basis as an online dietitian? Yes. So, yes, I am a registered dietitian with a master's in exercise physiology and sports nutrition. But, you know, I feel like most people know me as that or as a mentor to other RDs or an author, a speaker, the owner of Freshman and Healthy. But honestly, like the way that I would just describe myself is, someone that's, you know, on mission to help women reach their potential in this life. And whether that's through helping them work on their nutrition and helping them feel their best so that they can be their best, or whether it's other health professionals that I'm helping them build their dream businesses online, you know, I'm all about just helping women succeed and reach their potential. I love that. I love that. Now, I'm so passionate about hormone health, but I must admit, I'm not somebody who is really up to speed and up to date with the latest around hormone health. My expertise are really around fat loss for women, gut health, and emotional eating and helping women to conquer that. So I'm so excited to have you on as an expert guest. And what makes you so passionate about hormone health? Or how did you, I guess, first get interested in this area around hormones and health and nutrition? Yeah. So You know, it was about two and a half years ago that I got engaged and I was, you know, preparing for my wedding and I was going to start trialing birth control. And I had never really been interested in hormones before that. I'd never really thought much about my own or what they can do to us when they're off. (laughs) And, um, and I started taking this birth control pill and I just, I mean, the best way I can say it is I went crazy. Like I, my emotions were totally off. My mood was so different. I was an emotional roller coaster. My gut health was really suffering from it. 
I was just feeling like a different person. And for the longest time, I honestly didn't realize it was the birth control. And think about this, like I just got engaged. I'm, you know, trying to plan a wedding. I just think, oh, it must be stress because of being a business owner and planning a wedding. And I just kept blaming it on those kind of things. And finally, my fiance at the time, now husband, thankfully he stuck with me through these times. Um, <laughs> You know, we one night were just like, let's look into these symptoms and, you know, what's going on. And all of a sudden, all this stuff came up about birth control and what like the side effects and everything. And we looked at each other and we we're like, this is exactly what's happening to me. It's definitely the birth control. And my husband now, um, Beyonce at the time, he was like, get off that pill. It's doing something to you. <laughs> and so ever since then, it kind of started my journey because you know, I went back into my gynecologist and she was just like, oh, it's just a trial and error. Just try a new one. It's fine. Like it's just trial and error. And this is the only way to help things. So, and so I got on a second one and like, I was definitely better and not as crazy on the second one, but it just began my research of all of this because I was like, what is, what is this actually doing to our bodies that it made me mm. feel so different? And I know that, you know, as a woman, I wish I could say I was taught all this stuff like about our cycles and about birth control and how does birth control even work in our bodies and all this stuff. And I couldn't say I did. And, you know, I feel like way back in the day in sex ed, like they don't teach you, they don't teach women how our cycles work or anything. No. And so we feel so unprepared and just feel like birth control is our only option. And I'm definitely not against birth control in any way, but I'm just you know, pro us knowing more so that we can make informed decisions. And I just started. And so that started my quest on researching and figuring it out myself, because I realized, unfortunately, my gynecologist wasn't really helping me. She wasn't really into the more natural ways. She wasn't really about like, every time I try to mention like trying something different, she was just like, no, just try an error, just try a different pill. And so I just realized I was going to have to do this on my own. And I was going to have to do the research on my own. So I started reading books from doctors on it. And I started doing like research on PubMed and started just really looking into, you know, what, what, what even does birth control do? And what are the effects of it and our hormones and how those all are intertwined with everything. And so that's really what started me like just feeling so passionate about it, because it really did. Honestly, I can laugh about it now. My husband and I laugh about it, but it, it did mess up our engagement season a lot. Like I was a totally different person and he here's, and we got engaged within six months. And so here we get engaged and he's thinking, oh my goodness, is this like the real Sarah Grace coming out <laughs> or like, is something going on with her? And I just kept telling him like, something is wrong. Like, I don't know what's going I just don't feel like myself. And, mm. you know, thankfully after we found out it was the birth control, then he was like a little bit more at peace with like, okay, we'll just figure this out and then everything will be good again. But I mean, coming from someone who hadn't known me even a year yet. And like, so it just caused a lot of uncertainty in our engagement and a lot of just like hard kind of valleys, I guess you could say with me trying to figure this out while planning a wedding while trying to convince my fiance that I'm not actually crazy. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I guess because of my personal journey with it all and how much it truly affected me, it just made me feel so passionate about doing enough research to where I 
couldn't, I could not only feel educated enough to help myself, but help other people too. I love that. And as you mentioned, like as, as RDs, like we don't even really learn about this stuff. Like the field of nutrition and health is so vast. And even like, you know, you think about doctors giving nutrition advice. It's like we go to university for four or five years just to learn nutrition. And there are so many things within that, that we don't really even begin to touch on. And things like, you know, even like gut health, like I learned so much working alongside some of, you know, the best gastroenterologists, like some of the best gut health doctors. And you learn so much around hormones, just doing your own research. Like we go to university for so many years and there's still so much we don't know, which is why I am so happy and fortunate and grateful to have experts like you on this podcast to take a bit of a deeper dive into some of these areas that so many women experience and have, I guess, difficulties with. And as you mentioned, maybe not even know, maybe be like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit off lately, but I don't really know. Or I'm a different person on the pill, but I don't know if I've got any other alternatives or that sort of thing. So I am so stoked to jump into this podcast with you today. Um, But let's start with the basics for our listeners at home. Can you tell us what are hormones? Um, Basics first. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So basically each part of our body um, of our bodies for your brain, from like from our brain to our skin to our heart to our kidneys and our muscles, we, they all have a specific job. And so they take the direction from your endocrine system to get the work done. And the glands of the endocrine system send out these things called hormones, which are basically your body's chemical messengers. And so these hormones are what tells each part of your body what to do, what work to do, when to do it, for how long to do it. And hormones are really vital for, you know, so many different parts of our health and overall well-being. And so, you know, they travel in your bloodstream to, you know, tissues or organs to help them do their work. And they work slowly, like over time and affect many different processes. So they affect things from growth and development to metabolism, to sexual function, to reproduction and to mood and to so many different other things. Wonderful. And then what happens if our hormones go out of whack or how, like if somebody's listening at home and they're like, oh, I don't know if I've got my hormones are in check or how do I know if they go out of whack a little bit? Like what would be some telltale signs for you or some red flags that you would see in your clients? Yeah. So what happens when our hormones go out of whack? Well, we go crazy. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, kind of actually. I'm half kidding. We kind of don't feel like ourselves at all. But no, really when it comes to like really knowing if your hormones need a little extra TLC and just are they imbalanced or are they not, you know, it can come out in so many different signs and symptoms, but just like kind of an overall list of, you know, different signs and symptoms you could see are low energy and fatigue, brain fog, weight gain, hair loss, irregular menstrual cycles, anxiety, um, fibrocystic, bre- um, fibrocystic breasts, um, PMS, cold intolerance, painful periods, fertility issues, joint pains, easily being stressed out, low libido or sex drive, um, emotion, being just an emotional roller coaster. And like I said, the best myself, just not feeling like yourself and feeling like something's off. That's, you know, your body knows best and you can usually feel like when something's off. And usually, unfortunately, if one hormone's off, you know how when you're growing up, they're like, if your friends would jump off the cliff, don't you wouldn't jump off the cliff too. <laughs> well, unfortunately, most of our hormones like follow each other. So as soon as one's off, the others tend to be compromised and tend to follow each other into the valley. And so usually when one hormone is off, multiple of them are kind of off and imbalanced. And so that's what can really wreak havoc in our bodies. Mm, and we're going to take a bit of a deeper dive soon into... Um, 
I guess the things to do if we find our hormones are off. But even you mentioned some simple things like just getting emotional for like no apparent reason. Like I've heard women say to me, like, I just cry for no reason. And like, maybe if you are, you know, currently pregnant, that might be kind of like a reason enough. But if you're just somebody who is not a very emotional person, you just start crying at the drop of a hat or you're always angry or you're you're always frustrated. Could that be related to a little bit of like hormone disruptions as well? Do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. Like that, you know, even skin issues, like after acne, eczema, things like that could be hormonal imbalances. Um, There's so many different things and especially mood, like there are so many different reasons why, you know, our imbalanced hormones kind of also affect our mood and everything. But, um, you know, there's so like multiple women that I've talked to that have hormonal imbalances or, you know, get testing done and do have imbalanced hormones, I would say almost all of them are like my emotions and mood are out of whack. And it's kind of normal, like during your time of the month to have some type of like differences in moods, like our cycles are not like men, men are 24 hours, and women are 28 (laughs) days. And so we do go through different, you know, parts of our cycle where we're going to feel differently. But if you're going through super highs and super lows, and like, I know, personally, for me, when I was going through it, I like asked my husband, I would literally one minute be super excited. And like, I'm so excited for this business venture and whatever. And then the next moment would be crying and be like, I'm not good enough. And like, just like, all this stuff. And so I just knew that something was off based on that. But there's so many different ways that hormonal imbalances can show. And for everybody, it's a little bit different. Mm. And you mentioned testing, because that's something, again, that I guess a lot of people really don't think about. Like we like to Google our symptoms. We like to be able to put a label on what's wrong with us, but bar just being like, Oh, I know something's off. I'm not going to Google my symptoms being an evidence-based podcast. I love to give our listeners some practical things to take away with. So if they were to pop to their doctor or their GP, what sort of things would they be looking to test for when you think about um, hormones? And I'm assuming, you know, thyroid um, functioning would be one of those things. Yes. Yes. So I always say test and don't guess um, because, Mm -hmm. you know, especially especially with hormones, there's so many different supplements out there for hormones. And, you know, say that you're taking a supplement that is for estrogen dominance, but you actually have low estrogen, well, that's really going to screw things up even more. And so you can't just kind of guess about certain things like that. And so when it comes to different testing, definitely thyroid, um, you know, cortisol, estrogen, progesterone, um, testosterone, those are kind of like the main ones that you'll want to be getting tested for. Um, And then with thyroid, you know, T3, T4, there's different thyroid even tests to do. And you can't just do one because, you know, there can be different parts of it that are low or imbalance as well. Mm, Wonderful. So first place is always a stop to our friendly doctor, um, just to, as you said, test and don't guess, which is a lovely little analogy there. Now let's talk a little bit more about birth control and how it affects hormone health. Cause this is something that so many people go on and I myself went on birth control. um, I think really like late high school, maybe like year 12. So it's probably around like 17 or that sort of thing, purely because of like really painful periods. It had nothing to do with like acne or anything like that, but I loved it. I loved the feeling of being able to like control when I got my cycle. If I was going out clubbing and I wanted to wear this white dress, I'd be like, I'd just skip a pill and not even think forward, like how that would affect me in many years to come or that sort of thing. Like I was like, I'm 17, 18, 19, whatever. I don't care. I don't want to have kids for many years. It doesn't bother me just yet. But I remember I got to the point as well where I was like, I just want my body to function like as it should. So I came off the pill probably around probably five years ago. I'm 30 now, probably around like 
25, 26 ish. And I didn't experience too many, I guess, like, like mood swings or that sort of thing, but I did just feel better in myself and I can't really describe it in any way. And so can you tell our listeners a little bit more around birth control and how it does sort of affect our hormone health and the different things it can do to us? Yeah. So first of all, you're not alone there because over 50% of people that are on the birth control pill are not on it just to prevent pregnancy. They're on it because Mm. their doctor said for acne, for heavy periods, for no periods, for, you know, everything underneath the sun, just take birth control and you'll be good to go. Mm. And here's something that I have learned in my research. And it's the truth is like the pill or any of those things are not going to fix the hormone balance or the root issue of any of those problems going on. And so, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the pill, the patch, the IUD, it all is like what it's doing is suppressing your hormones, your natural hormone production. It's telling your brain basically to stop talking to your ovaries and your ovaries like are now being replaced by this synthetic pill that's being just flooding your body with fake estrogen and progesterone all month long. And so, you know, in a normal cycle, estrogen is higher in the first two weeks. And in the last half of your cycle, progesterone is higher. And when you're taking this birth control pill or any hormonal birth control, you know, you're flooding your body with synthetic hormones all month long until all of a sudden you take those sugar pills. And what you're having is not a real period during that time because a real period takes ovulating and you're not ovulating when you're on the pill. Like that's how it prevents pregnancy. And so, you know, what that period is when you're on your pill is actually just like a withdrawal of all the hormones that you have been flooding your body with. And it's like a fake bleed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to all this, like, first of all, I just want to say, like, I'm not against the birth control pill or against this. Clearly, Mm -hmm. I was on it for over a year before figuring out enough to come off of it. But Um, you know, just being more, I just wish we were all more aware of how this was working in our body because what we're told is, oh, this will fix your acne. This will fix Mm -hmm. your heavy periods. And I just wish Mm -hmm. we were more, you know, educated on all of this. And so anytime you're taking those birth control pills or any kind of hormonal birth control, it's literally cutting off the communication between your brain and your ovaries. Because when you're when you're getting all these fake hormones in your body, well, your body is signaling to your brain, well, we have enough hormones, don't make any more. And basically what your brain does is just stop communicating with your ovaries altogether. And so mm-hmm. when that happens, you know, that's going to do a lot of things down the road long term, and it's not actually fixing anything. And so while, you know, it's maybe cutting off that communication with your ovaries and brain, and that's basically strong arming, you know, your body into submission and making those symptoms be gone that we all hate. But it's a very short term, short sighted solution. Um, when it comes to your hormone struggles, and those symptoms that we hate, like the heavy periods and the acne and all that kind of stuff, that's your body actually giving you some really good serious data that can help you fix the root cause of what's going on. But when we take these hormonal birth control pills or anything like that, you know, we're, we're kind of clearing all that data that our body's trying to give us to fix that root cause. Mm-hmm. So it's really around understanding why is this happening, not just trying to almost put a Band-Aid on it and um, kind of mask the, the problems going on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, can we talk a little bit more about, I guess, the endocrine system and why that's so important for hormone health as well? Because a lot of people will sort of think endocrine, thyroid, and there are a lot of women out there. And I reference women because that's the majority of my following and probably yours as well. I think not over 90% of the listeners to this podcast are females. And so why is our endocrine system so important for our hormone health? Yeah. So basically our endocrine system is the collection of glands that produce the hormones that regulate metabolism, growth and development too tissue function, sexual function, um, reproduction, sleep, mood, all of these other things. And so given all of that, you know, we definitely want to make sure that we have an endocrine system that is working well, because that in turn is going to, you know, either help the hormone production or in like help healthy hormones, or it's going to be causing all of these imbalanced hormones too. Wonderful. And now when we think about hormones, and hopefully our listeners at home have had a little bit more of an understanding around how our hormones, I guess, should be functioning, the things that may be wrong if they're experiencing these wild mood swings, they're always crying, they've got this out of control acne, all that sort of thing. If we sort of think about, um, okay, first step is to go and get some testing and find out what's really happening. Second step would be, how do we begin to, I guess, like reset our hormones in a natural sort of way? So I'm all for holistic nutrition, but a lot of people and a lot of practitioners, you know, the natural health practitioners will say, oh, I'm really holistic, give up gluten, give up dairy. How can we naturally fix our hormones without really even thinking about nutrition to begin with? Or what are some things we can do from an actual and evidence-based perspective around nutrition, which is what I'm really curious about? Yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest thing is realizing that on, you know, as a very individual approach, you know, everyone's going to be a little bit different. And what you're even deficient in or what you know, what imbalances you're, you're having happen right now in your body is going to depend on a very needing to be personalized approach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you mentioned, you know, people will say, just cut out the grains, cut out the dairy, cut out basically everything. <laughs> um, and what I say to that is, if you have an actual insensitivity to any of that, that's causing inflammation in your body, then yes, maybe, you know, eliminating some of those things are good for you personally, but that's not an overarching generalized statement of, oh, just cut out this, this and this, and you'll all be good. And so I think one of the first parts is to just start tuning into your body and start to become aware of your eating and what may be causing you personally to be upset or any kind of you know, insensitivities that you're starting to see come up and whether that's coming through your skin or anything like that. And then, you know, eliminating as needed, but not necessarily just following these very kind of umbrella statements of, oh, dairy causes this or gluten causes this. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to just resetting our hormones, one of the biggest things is just to start to restore the nutrients. So, you know, it's very evidence-based that birth control has been shown to deplete certain key nutrients in our body. And the biggest ones are B2, B6, B12, folate, vitamin C, vitamin E, selenium, and zinc and magnesium. And so, you know, taking into account all of that, you know, just start to be eating the, you know, vegetables and fruits and quality fats and grass-fed meats into your diet, they're going to provide a lot of those nutrients. And you can definitely, you know, supplement on top of that with a very quality multivitamin, but food first and diet first. I always say, you know, before you're trying to fix things through a magic pill of any kind, you know, really tone in on your diet. And so, you know, vitamin E, you know, nuts, seeds, leafy greens, vitamin C, bell peppers, green, like leafy greens, citrus fruits, berries, B vitamins, so eggs, meat, seafood, leafy greens, again, 
selenium, fish, beef, leafy greens again, Brazil nuts, zinc, seafood, oysters, beef, beans, nuts, and then magnesium, leafy greens, beans, dark chocolate, nuts, and seeds. And so as you can see, when dietitians are saying eat your leafy greens, it's a lot of good, there's a lot of good vitamins and minerals and, you know, nutrients in there. But I think one of the biggest things is diet is going to absolutely be the foundational and most essential part of this is really starting to just hone in on the nutrition side and be eating a lot of vegetables and fruits and like I said, quality fats and omega-3s, grass-fed meats um, before you're trying to get into the nitty gritty of any kind of specific herbs or supplements or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And in terms of diet quality, obviously that's super important as well. So when we think about nutrition, I guess diet quality has to go hand in hand, doesn't it? And then how much do things like um, blood sugars affect um, your hormones as well? Like, is that something that's important for people to think about? Or is that something you'd be like, oh no, only if you've got diabetes or something like that? No, for sure. So balancing your blood sugar levels or your hunger hormones. So we have so many different kinds of hormones, but one of them is hunger hormones. And so, you know, we have a, a we have a lot of different hunger hormones, but two of the main ones that you may think of are ghrelin and leptin. And so ghrelin is, you know, the hunger hormone and you know this, Lillian, so I'm not telling you anything new, but you know, that's the one that's telling you like I'm hungry, eat, and leptin is the more satiety hormone of telling you I'm full, you know, you can stop now and usually prevents that overeating. But when you're eating a lot of refined processed and your foods and you're not having a lot of vegetables and lean proteins and healthy fats in your diet, you know, a lot those hunger hormones become imbalanced as well. And, you know, you can really start to that's when, you know, overeating happens. And ghrelin, which is a hormone that's telling you that you're hungry, you know, that starts to decrease in your system when your stomach lining is stretched. And so if you're eating a lot of dense processed things and you're not eating a lot of fiber and veggies and lean proteins and healthy fats, then that's not going to turn off when it should. And that's going to in turn, you know, mess up a lot when it comes to your appetite or what you think is your appetite and overeating. Um, And then the leptin hormone, that's really affected by inflammatory foods and um, and sleep deprivation, deprivation also, you know, affects that and exercise increases leptin and sensitivity. And so there's so many different things, lifestyle and diet wise, it can affect our hunger hormones. But biggest thing overall, you know, really trying to at every meal getting in, you know, a lot of good lean proteins, healthy fats, um, and vegetables. And then, you know, like I say, smart carbs or vegetables and, you know, whole grains and things like that. Um, because that's what's really going to help balance those hunger hormones and really help to, you know, make you number one, feel good and feel energized and not have all those crazy cravings as well, but also just benefit your overall health. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Like the quality around nutrition is so important, isn't it? And even if people just did two simple steps where you ate more vegetables and reduced the amount of processed foods without doing any crazy diets, without having to track your food or count your macros or weigh your calories or whatever, without being any crazy restrictive, putting a label on it, just simply eat more vegetables and balance your meals a little bit better. Um, does a world of difference, not just for hormones, but for overall health as well, particularly gut health as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, that's why I came up with this thing, the Fresh Fin 5 for my clients personally, but it's, you know, the five components of every meal to help you feel satisfied and balance those hunger hormones. And so it is, you know, mm-hmm. lean proteins, healthy fats, smart carbs, fiber or veggies, 
And then the fifth one I always say is just boost, like so boosting the flavor in natural ways instead of all the crazy ways we tend to add flavor, Um, you know, just boosting with seasonings and spices and, you know, fresh lemon juice and things like that. And so, you know, I always try to use that as more of a way to add structure with my clients and, oh, you know, this is the number you have to hit or this is, you know, this is bad, Mm -hmm. this is good or anything like that, but more of just like how to build balanced plates and meals and, you know, really just feel empowered that way. Because mm, the more good nourishing filling food that you do eat, you will automatically reduce the amount of processed food that you're consuming. Because so many people were like, oh, I'm busy. I'm on the run. I don't have time for lunch. I'll just have like a overly processed protein bar and like a, a sugary coffee or something like that. And just replacing proper meals with just like on the go snacks and on the go, like calorie loaded drinks and that sort of thing, rather than sitting down and eating proper meals that are built within the proportions that we've discussed, like proteins, fiber, healthy fats, that sort of thing. Yeah. And another step of just overall balancing out your hormones is just lifestyle things. So like managing your stress levels, getting enough sleep, avoiding the over or the under eating, and then daily Mm -hmm. movement every single day. You know, some of those things are the things that we kind of overlook because we want to just go to the next new diet or the very structured Mm -hmm. rule setting, you know, kind of way of eating. But you know, these things, if you, I always say lack of sleep or too much stress is going to do way much more harm than any chocolate cake ever will for you. And yeah. if you are not trying to manage your stress in healthy ways and, you know, getting adequate sleep, you know, at least seven and a half, eight hours of sleep a night, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to produce healthy hormones and you're not going to, ha- you're not going to be able to balance out your hormones, especially if you already are, you know, undergoing imbalanced hormone issues right now. You know, you need to take care of these things first before you start trying to get into the nitty gritty. Mm, Couldn't agree more. Like take a step back and look at your health overall, because I always say like sleep should be the number one pillar that people focus on because a lot of the times like people stress out about what they should be eating or how much exercise they should be doing. And all that stress is doing nothing more than causing more inflammation and more hormone disruptions within their body. And lack of sleep affects so many things, including our hunger hormones that you mentioned. And even when like you're constantly tired or you're exhausted, you're not going to find the energy to go and cook a healthy meal. You're not going to find that energy to go get to the gym. Like it's that step that's so overlooked that empowers everything else. Like if you're well refreshed and you're well rested and you've had a great night's sleep multiple nights in a row, you'll wake up empowered, energetic, ready to smash out the day versus constantly just like being on the back foot and having to find that motivation to do everything versus it just comes easily because you feel so refreshed. So really just taking that first step to work on a great sleep routine is so important, isn't it? For every aspect of our life, not just hormones. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. No, it really does. Like I said, like outside of hormones, even, you know, sleep is so, so important. I always tell all my clients, like the nutrition basics before anything else, sleep, stress, avoiding the under and the overeating the both extremes and just daily movement, all of those things can do so much good for you. And like, we've kind of talked about but adding more of the good is naturally going to decrease the not so good. And it's not about Mm -hmm. focusing on oh, I can't do this, or I need to do that, or, you know, I can't eat that. But it's more so when you add more of the good in, naturally, all the stuff that's not really fueling your body and nourishing your body and, you know, supporting your health is going to diminish. 
And how nice is it to be able to add things in rather than take it away? Like so many people are like, oh, my hormones are out of whack. I've got to start this new diet and cut out X, Y, Z versus like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to my body and give it some nourishment and actually add some things in. I'm going to focus on my sleep. I'm going to add in more water. I'm going to learn to balance my meals and add back some nutrition that I may have previously restricted. Like it's such a nice mindset to be able to think about what can I add in versus what can I take away, which so many people do. Yeah, no, for sure. And so when it comes to specifically the hormone balancing, you know, getting back to that a little bit, you know, we talked about fixing your diet, we talked about just lifestyle things, and about, you know, balancing your blood sugars through good you know, nutrition, but there's, you know, a couple others, and that's healing your gut. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of goes hand in hand with the other one, but just like pooping, like I, I always like, I like people laugh at me when I say this and I'm like, I have no like hesitancy to talk about this as a dietitian because one of my first things I'm asking yeah. clients is how are you, how are your bowel mo- movements? But, um, you know, both of these things are so huge because your, your body's naturally trying to like, quote unquote, detoxify, like that is your liver's job. Like you don't need to follow this detox diet. But, you know, mm-hmm. when you're not going to the bathroom regularly, that is your body's way of ridding the bad or ridding the excess hormones. And so if you are not going regularly, or if you're having irregular bowel movements, and you know, things that just aren't normal, you know, that's something that's a really big sign of that's something I need to work on and just healing your gut, because there's actually evidence that the pill is known to cause intestinal hyperpermeability or leaky gut. And it's, you know, disrupts your normal gut bugs, and it produces an environment that allows for the overgrowth of less desirable critters. And so, you know, with all that being taken into account, we really need to heal our gut and take time to kind of give our gut a little bit more TLC. And so really focusing on, you know, foods rich in pre and probiotics, you know, if, you know, taking, there are some herbs and supplements that can help and definitely a quality probiotic. Um, but, you know, really just focusing on the food and the fiber and getting in lots of good pre and probiotic rich foods is so important because, you know, more than ever, you know, as your your gut and your liver are going to be working extra hard when your hormones are in balance because it's trying to rid all the excess stuff. And so really supporting both of those things is so huge when you're trying to balance out your hormones. Mm-hmm. And again, you're able to support that with nourishing nutrition versus following any strict diets. Like you don't need to cut out gluten and dairy to heal your gut. You don't need to do those things. We've talked extensively on gut health on this podcast. So if you're a new listener today, please go back and have a listen to some of the wonderful gut health episodes we've done. Um, episodes with Dr. B come to mind, Dr. Serena, Dr. Megan Rossi. They are some fabulous episodes around gut health if you're wanting more around nutrition and gut health. But as you said, Sarah Grace, it's so important to think about that holistically and not have to go take like some detox pills or some like gut health pills when we can actually get a lot of these things from nutrition. But talking about liver health, like you mentioned, that's really important. How does alcohol come into play there? Because I know we're both balanced believers that all foods can fit within a nourishing lifestyle. I myself love a glass of wine. Um, Is that something that is okay to have, I guess, in moderation, considering alcohol is a toxin to our body and we're obviously wanting to support our hormones and our liver. Um, Is alcohol okay? in moderation if your hormones are a bit crazy out of whack or will that just do you know add more fire 
fuel to the fire as such. Yeah. And I feel like everyone has to make their own best decision here. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, do drink wine or don't drink it. I mean, personally, like you, I love a good glass of red wine and I am going to be still having glasses of red wine, even though I'm trying to balance out my hormones. Um, But it's, you know, everyone has to make their own decision. And when you look online and you find these hormone balancing diets, they'll say like no dairy, no alcohol, no sugar, no grains, no gluten. And like, Sure, if you want to try to follow that, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it as a health professional. But you know, what is that like? I always say, can you follow something five years from now? And if you can't, if the answer is no, then there's no reason to do it now. And so I think the biggest thing is, is cutting all these things out indefinitely. Number one, it's going to make you want them more. And number two, like you're not going to be able to sustain that. And Mm -hmm. so what good is that going to do? And so I always say like, yeah, if you have specific intolerances or insensitivities and you you can figure that out through testing or through just trial and error, but you know, unless your body personally is resisting things and it's being, and there's inflammation being caused because of that, I don't think you need to cut anything out, you know, cold turkey. I think that, you know, yeah, of course, adding in more of the good and not having, you know, tons of drinks in one night when you're trying to support your liver. Yeah. But I think that, you know, everything in moderation and balance and, I am somebody that I would not be fully living my life if I was cutting out all sugar and all alcohol and all everything else that's fun for living. And so like, you know, I know you talk a lot about soul food and I'm all about that. Like my soul needs some nourishment too. And so (laughs) I, I mean, personally speaking, my answer is like, no, you, you don't need to eliminate all of that stuff unless like clearly if you have a medical condition, then yes, there's certain things that maybe you need to eliminate, but, um, you know, on the in the gen, like generally speaking, you know, I feel like everything in moderation can fit. It's just about you know, on average, you know, nourishing like you always talk about your body first, and really nourishing with good things first, and then yeah, have that glass of wine, have that piece of chocolate, and you know, mm-hmm. have that be you know in a small amount. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So really when we're talking about, I guess, resetting and balancing our hormones from that holistic perspective, which is still evidence-based, we're really just talking around good nutrition, listening to our body, identifying what you need as an individual. Like some people feel wildly unwell after just one glass of alcohol. Well, that probably shows you that you probably shouldn't have any of it's going to have a huge effect on you. And other people can eat a ton of dairy and have no problems at all. Yet other people might report that dairy um, might make their acne 10 times worse and they've, you know, they've taken it out and they've reintroduced it multiple times and they have that proof within their body. So it's really not following those strict do this, do that, not Googling like hormone diets, but really just understanding that good nutrition is actually nutrition for gut health, is actually nutrition for hormone health as well. Like it's all encompassed in one. And it's just doing that legwork of eating more vegetables, reducing the processed foods, which sadly people don't want to do. They want to put a label on it. They want to follow a diet. They want to cut things out rather than adding things back in. Like it's like, why don't we just add in an abundance of plant-based foods? That's going to be the number one thing that's going to help our health, our hormones, any sort of medical condition out there, and even our gut health. 
But we don't want to even think about just eating more vegetables, do we? We'd rather put ourselves on some sort of crazy restrictive diet or protocol. We love structure. And sometimes we go too much to the extreme of needing structure instead of just doing the things we know would make us feel better. Guys, eat more vegetables. Now, so Grace, I'd love to ask you a little bit around like supplements for hormone health. And of course, this being an evidence-based podcast, again, we really want, as you said, some testing first. We just don't want to go and take like a whole heap of like B vitamins and all this zinc and that sort of thing if we're not deficient in it, because we only really want to supplement if we've got deficiencies in it. But can you let our listeners know at home, what are some of the supplements that are recommended for hormone health and things that people do tend to be lower or deficient in that could actually obviously improve your hormones if you supplemented them back up to the normal levels? Yeah. So like I said earlier, you know, the birth control pill is known to deplete certain nutrients. And so not even talking about things that are specifically going to help high estrogen or low estrogen or anything, but just overall nutrient depletion. And, you know, I always say diet first, clearly, but sometimes supplementation is needed simply because, I mean, you're flooding your body with synthetic hormones. And so to combat that, you sometimes need more than just food. Um, Mm -hmm. But like I said, so the key nutrient depletions concerning, um, you know, birth control are folic acid or folate, B2, B6, B12, vitamin C, vitamin E, and then the minerals, magnesium, selenium, and zinc. And so, you know, if we're taking this birth control pill or if we are just now getting off, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, whether it's because we're having malabsorption issues or whether we're just not living the healthiest lifestyle or, you know, just reasons why we should maybe be supplementing with a high quality multivitamin or prenatal. And so, you know, a high quality prenatal vitamin or multivitamin can usually cover a lot of these. And then, you know, sometimes maybe taking a high quality complex B complex that has, you know, all of your B vitamins in it and folate. Um, But those are like the biggest ones that I say. And then a quality probiotic, if you're feeling like your gut needs extra support. Um, But those are the biggest ones that just like, in generally speaking, when you're on or just coming off birth control that you know, you tend to be depleted in. And then, like I said, you know, I would recommend ha- taking a Dutch test, which is the hormone testing or some some kind of really, you know, evidence-based, you know, hormonal test to be able to know what other things you need to take. So like if you have high estrogen, then taking DIM. But, you know, don't just take DIM because you suspect you have high estrogen levels because mm. clearly there's so many reasons why that could be bad. Um And then like the same thing, there's like different herbs and stuff that, you know, if you get testing back and your progesterone is low or your testosterone is low, or maybe you have rebound testosterone, so now it's high, you know, all these different things can cause different, you know, symptoms and signs and side effects. And so when you see like, oh, my skin is horrendous after I got off the pill, and it's probably because the rebound testosterone, and which makes my skin oily, which usually leads to acne. And so you know, really, then you can look into specific herbs and supplements that help, you know, you know, there's certain ones like salt palmetto that helps prevent, you know, the conversion of testosterone to um, DHT, which is, you know, usually causes a lot of the hair loss issues that we see with hormone imbalances and stuff. And so, you know, when you identify specific side effects or issues or imbalances personally for you, then you can look into these other supplements and herbs that can help, but never blindly just start taking, you know, specific supplements for estrogen dominance or low testosterone or anything like that. Um, 
And then one other specific one that can be just really helpful with the low libido, because, you know, there's always there's this joke going around with birth control with like, how does it actually work? Well, it just takes away your drive for sex. And, (laughs) you know, it's so true. Like a lot of people when they go on it, you know, they see a very diminished sex drive happening. And so um, one of the biggest like just like supplements or herbs, maca powder can really help in that sense when it comes to like just really starting to support that sex drive coming back. But usually unless you're getting off the birth control pill, it's not going to ever fully be back to normal as like if you're on the birth control pill. And that's just part of um, you know, how birth control works inside your body. Awesome. And maca powder is something that I routinely just like throw in smoothies and bliss balls and that sort of thing. Cause it has like this natural sort of like caramel tasting flavor. It's really wonderful. You can just pick it up at like your local health food store as well or organic shop. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I put it in my smoothies every single day. There's like a few things that I put in my smoothies every day and that's one of them just because like I, I like the flavor of it and taste of it. And just knowing that it's supporting my overall hormone health. Like I love it. And then Flax seeds are also a really good um, you know, yeah. seed to be adding in. So I try to add freshly ground flax seeds too to my smoothies. Yeah, awesome. And there's also really good research that flax seeds help with um, constipation as well. So if you're someone who's not moving as regularly as you should have at home, things like flax seeds are actually really beneficial as well. Plus they're packed full of our um, plant-based omega-3s as well, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Which are good for inflammation. Now, Sarah, um, anything else you'd like to add in terms of like living a healthy lifestyle or positively influencing our hormones that we haven't talked about? We did mention stress and sleep as being super critical. Anything else you can think of over the top of your head, off the top of your head, that may be beneficial for hormone health that we haven't discussed? I think one of the biggest things outside of the diet, movement, sleep, stress, I think the only other one I would add on there is just trying to be careful of the products that you're using on your skin, on your body, in your home. And this is something that, again, is a newer journey for me because I used to be that person that did not care about any of that stuff. And until I started going through my own issues and I started paying attention, but you know, I didn't realize how many products that we use nowadays have endocrine disruptors or hormone disruptors in them. And so anything that has fragrances on your products and, you know, that fragrance is a masking word for so many different chemicals and it's different in every country. But, you know, in the U.S., we only limit, I think it's like 11 or 15 chemicals in our products when most countries like the, you know, Europe, like they, they eliminate like 1500. And so it's just wow. being careful because in the US, we are not as regulated. And mm. there are so many things that are causing, you know, that can be messing with our hormones when it comes to our products. And so, you know, just really being careful about, you know, anything with fragrances or phthalates, like you'll see it's like P-H-T-H-A-L. ATS, ES, um, but that word, you know, all those things can really disrupt our hormones. And so, you know, I've been on a journey of just switching over to more, you know, clean products. And I hate the word clean or toxic free or chemical free, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's such Mm -hmm. like a soundbite nowadays. But I'm just trying to be more careful about the things I'm putting on my body and in my body. And like the shampoos, conditioners, lotions that I'm using every single day on my body, like I, I'm trying to be more careful about, you know, what I'm putting on that. And, you know, we always, I think we're like born to think like, we're meant to smell like vanilla and cinnamon sugar. (laughs) Um, But, you know, using more natural fragrances like pure essential oils and stuff like that can be really helpful if you're wanting still the fresh scents and everything. 
Um, and I still have work to do too. Like I'm not perfect. Not every product in my home is all natural or toxic free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never want to like put that out there. Like I'm like this, Oh, it's like everything needs to be that. But I think just small steps every single week and every single month in the right direction can really make a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we say in nutrition, like small steps, not being pr- perfect, but just progress. You know, I think it's the same thing in this area, you know, just trying to, you know, take one more step, like, you know, what kind of different cleaners can I use? Can I be using in my house that are a little less filled with chemicals? And, you know, now like, let me switch over my makeup to more like, you know, different alternatives that have less chemicals in them. And, you know, just every step of the way, it's not like overnight, you have to buy thousands of dollars of products that are new and whatever. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest other one that I would say is important when it comes to our overall hormone health. Mm. And can you give us an example of, you mentioned like some of these chemicals, uh, did you say like hormone blockers almost? Yeah. Yeah. Could you give us like an example of maybe like a product that you were previously using that you've cut out or something that you looked at the the labeling and you went, wow, this is not great. Or this is really something that's not you know, supportive of my hormone health at all. Just for our listeners at home, if they wanted to just look at one or two things within their household or their lifestyle and just sort of have a look at the products that they're using and potentially a better option if you have any. Yeah. So there's so there's a few different, like three common endocrine disruptors and where they're usually found. So BPA is one of them. And those are commonly found in plastic bottles and containers, um, canned foods and food packaging. Um, and so just, you know, using glass instead of, you know, plastic and things like that, not microwaving your food in plastic, all those that can really help with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Flame retardants. So those are commonly found in like mattresses, pet beds, car seats, electronics, um, dust in our home, things like that. And so, you know, really just checking labels on clothes and furniture and, you know, trying to purchase things that are flame retardant free can be really helpful. And then phthalates are the third one, which is what I mentioned And that basically hides under the word fragrance. So if you look at the labels of any of your products and they say fragrance on them, that's when you need to be careful. And so these come in personal care products and, you know, anything from lotions and shampoos and conditioners and all your perfumes and candles and everything. Like I used to be the biggest candle burner in my, like I had, (laughs) I had five candles in my house going on all given times. And I've switched over to diffusers now because of the fact, like, I'm just trying to support my home and my health as much as possible. And so, you know, just thinking about air fresheners in your car, things like that, a lot of them contain this one. And so really just trying to ditch like, the artificial air fresheners and maybe opt for essential oils instead. And then, you know, eating out of glass instead of plastic again is another one looking at like, like for me, like I was buying all like the typical drugstore makeup and that all has (laughs) chemicals in it. Yeah. And so just looking for makeup that does say toxic free, chemical free on it. And there's a lot of different brands out there nowadays because it's so common for people to be more aware of. Um, So makeup, Shampoo and conditioner and dry shampoo is a huge one. I know a lot of people start seeing hair loss and they end up finding out that it's because of their dry shampoo that's blocking their hair follicles. And so just being careful also of things like that that you don't even think of because you're just using every single day. Um, So those are the biggest things that I would say are the like the three main endocrine disruptors. And, you know, the biggest word I would say when you're looking at all your home care products um, is just the word fragrance, but there is this app called Think Dirty, 
And I remember when I first told my husband, I'm like, my husband saw this app on my phone called Think Dirty. And he's like, what app is this? Um, and I promise it's not what it sounds like. It's really like it's a it's an app where you can scan your products and it tells you how dirty or clean your products are. And so that's something that I, I started with just to kind of without knowing much, just start checking my products and just like Google and you can search for like better alternatives if you like want to mm-hmm. find something better. So that's a really good app to kind of go to or the EWG app, which is the environmental working group app. They have one that also talks about like they give like, you know, you know, cleaner, more um, better alternatives for your typical products in your house. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was going to be my next question is like websites and apps people can use even just, and I loved how you turned that like my mantra is like 10% better, like just aiming for progress. We don't have to have this clean, completely organic, like home, like just start with removing one or two products. Like for me, a few years ago, I got rid of all of my plastic meal prep containers and I only use glass or like stainless steel ones now. And just like swapping things over as well. Even I'm trying to be more environmentally friendly. So I've gotten rid of my like plastic cling wrap and I use like natural beeswax food wraps. So just like certain things, but I've been doing this gradually over like a couple of years. You don't have to throw out everything that you own. Like it's just a waste of money. It, it contributes to landfill, like use up what you've got and then replace it with a better alternative. And it's less costly over time as well, isn't it? Because you're not buying a whack of, you're spending thousands of dollars and all of these things all at once. You're just gradually introducing them over a few years. Yeah, exactly. It's all about progress. Like for me, like I first started with just like switching the candles out for diffusers in my home. And then, you know, as my makeup ran out, then it wasn't like I threw everything away. Like you said, like, I'm not someone that likes to waste money or spend extra money. And so for me, like, you know, when my makeup ran out, then it was like, okay, like, instead of buying again, this stuff, let me buy a different alternative. And then like, when my mm-hmm. cleaners in my house ran out, let me buy different cleaners. And when my hair, shampoo and conditioner ran out, then let me buy new ones. And so it's like, a, like, I mean, I'm about a year and a half in this transition to more natural products. And I'm still, you know, still have things in my home that needs transitioned over. It's, you know, just slow and steady and not feeling like you ever have to be perfect about it. Or that you mm-hmm. like everything has to be like again, we tend to go into extremes as humans. And so never feel yeah. like, okay, like I have to be this extremist and like nothing can have any kind of fragrance in it. Um, but just, you know, on average, you know, trying to, you know, decrease those things and increase the good stuff. Awesome. Well, it's Sarah Grace, it was so wonderful to have you on today. Thank you so much for that chat all around our hormones and good nourishing nutrition. I really, really enjoyed it. And you taught me a few things as well. And I think I'll definitely go and download one or two of those apps because I know that I've worked really hard on like having better products in terms of like my kitchen and the things I use every day for food prep and like less, you know, more environmentally friendly things, but it's really like some of the different things I use, like particularly my makeup, dry shampoo. I've never even looked at my dry shampoo. It's just something I'm like, I definitely need dry shampoo because I gym so much. But now like the first thing I'm going to do when I get off this podcast is go check my dry shampoo. And it's hard to find a good, it's hard to find a good dry shampoo. I'm literally about to, when we get off this um, podcast to go make my own DIY dry shampoo with just arrowroot wow. starch. And so, yeah, I'll be putting that on my stories and everything. Um, but yes, yeah, so, like I'm just trying to like, and it's fun because it's made me DIY more, which like I am not a DIYer. I'm like a DI buyer. <laughs> like, let me just buy it. <laughs> let me just buy it pre-made. And so it's been fun for me because it's helped me, you know, just be a little bit more creative 
and learn how to make things myself too. Like my own, like I make my own perfumes now and stuff. So it's fun. So exciting. Well, Sarah Grace, tell our listeners where can we hang out and watch you make your own perfumes and where can we find you on um on social media and that sort of thing if we're craving more about this hormones and this do it yourself sort of things. I'd love to learn how to make my own perfume. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm not like totally DIY yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, but anyway, so with like where you can find me on Instagram is Sarah Grace Mech, so M-E-C-K. Um, you can find everything else there or on my website, freshfittheletterandhealthy.com are the two main places. And then if you want more of the oils and natural living and DIYs with perfumes and lash serums and everything that I do on there, I have a separate Instagram account for that. And that's naturally Sarah Grace. And so those are the three places that you can find me. And those are kind of like where I share everything. But on my main account, Sarah Grace Mech, you can find everything else because I have everything else linked there. Amazing. And I'll definitely link that in the show notes for our listeners today as well. So thank you so much for joining us for this awesome chat today. If there's one thing that you can leave our listeners with that you think has the potential to transform their lives, if it's just one step in the right direction, what would you recommend for our listeners? If they're feeling completely overwhelmed and then you're just like, just one step to help your hormones, what would that one first step be? Because we aim for progress, not perfection with this podcast. I think honestly, the biggest thing I'd say is just trust your body and your symptoms. Like don't let anybody tell you that things are just in your head or that this is the only way to do it and just trial and error. You know, as women, a lot of our things get dismissed in the medical field and just made to feel like this is all in our head. And it's not like I can tell you that if you feel like you have hormone imbalances and you feel like you're going crazy inside, it probably is real things going on in your body. And so trust your body, trust your symptoms and, you know, just, you know, learn, you know, start to dive into the research and, you know, follow more doctors and evidence-based practitioners that can help you in this journey that are going to talk about, you know, these things and not just dismiss your, you know, symptoms as, oh, it's just all in your head. And so I think just trusting your body and your symptoms is the biggest thing. And, you know, just starting to, if you feel like you need help, you know, seek out professionals that can help you in this. Wonderful. Such, such amazing advice. Well, thank you so much, Sarah Grace. And hopefully we can have you back very soon for another chat someday soon. And we will catch you guys in the next podcast. 